Welcome to another episode of the Who Dat Jedi podcast. We are the Who Dat Jedi in rainy, going to be cold New Orleans. Um, but as always, I'm Aaron, and with me is Dave and Fredo. How you doing, guys? Good, good. Trying to stay warm. And as well, you know, as bad as we have it, my sister in Texas, it was 19 today, and her front door froze. So, um, <laughs> you know, I guess I'll I'll take the the 45 that we're going to have tomorrow, I suppose. But man, can, can we just, can it be cold during the work week and then nice on the weekend, please? Is, can we just have that? But we are getting the rain that we need, but you didn't come to this to listen to three old men talk about, uh, the weather. <laughs> um, Not in my day. My, my sciatica. That's, yeah. Um, that's my parents' favorite topic of conversation other than their health. Yeah. So, or traffic. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's something we all, it's something we all go through, you know? Um, yeah. So anyway, okay. Uh, well, we're going to be watching, or we're, again, this is going to be a, a, a watch party, I suppose, of the latest episode of the Book of Boba Fett. So episode six, right? Um, so, um, or should we say the Book of No Boba Fett? Um, but anyway, you can, uh, you know, get on Disney Plus and, um, skip the intro and skip the recap and get to where you see the weather vanes flying in the sands of Tatooine. And we'll start there here in a little bit. Um, but, uh, and boy, oh boy, this episode had some stuff in it. Um, had a lot of stuff, but, uh, like I said, it was, uh, Fredo and I were talking about this earlier. It was kind of like, um, the Scooby-Doo episodes where they're not only with the Harlem Globetrotters, but also with Batman and Robin, you know, it's, <laughs> it was like, holy, holy cow. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk. So we're just going to talk, let the, let the episode go and we'll talk about it. Uh, but first it is carnival season. And, um, I actually went to a parade in the East. It was, uh, uh, well, never TV, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, so our friend Mandy was in it and it was on Sunday and it was a nice day and it was really fun um good weather and it was light crowds you know so it was kind of good training wheels for but it was just nice to see a float and people throwing crap off of it you know um and so sophie says hi uh, but the one we really got to be geeked out over is this saturday if you're listening to this this is february 3rd as we're recording it so saturday the 5th is the intergalactic crew of Chewbacca's that old man is mad uh, we have interviewed the uh, the heads of that crew what are they called again the the, the overlords overlords yeah the overlords. the overlords we've interviewed them on the podcast before so you can go back in the archives and listen to that one of our first episodes was in Nola Brewing um, and I was distracted by Donkey Kong machines but Anyway, yeah, crew of Chewbacca. So it's you know it's not just Star Wars; it's all sci-fi stuff um, and just general weirdness. But uh, yeah, so Fredo, you got kind of the skinny on that, right? Well, they did put up uh, today. They announced uh, for everybody on the through their social media that there's uh, NOPD. This is their post. So Chewbacca and aliens and fans alike, we have an important announcement. Unfortunately, NOPD will not be able to staff our full route as originally planned. Instead, we'll be lining up on the Leafing Fields at Royal 
and proceeding down Decatur through the French Quarter. We'll be updating maps and potentially shifting start time. Please stay tuned as our team works quickly to excuse me works quickly to make these changes. So kind of the realities of the situation in 2022 in New Orleans, we already kind of knew that uh, Crew de Vue, which is another parade that takes a similar route through the Marigny, the French Quarter, was having its route change because of NOPD staffing issues. So things so, like Chewbacca's, which is a much bigger parade in terms of just the number of subcrews and people that are marching on it. So there's, there's a couple, uh, there's couple have things. To... There's a couple things about this. First of all, it's like, yeah, you can kind of understand it. NOPD is understaffed as it is, and we're having like a bunch of, you know, carjackings and everything else and a bunch of other crime that's going on and so it's like it's like fix our crime no you've got to guard our parades it's like all right which which do you want um you know but uh join the police force folks uh but you know the other part of this is though you know i know that you know crudevu and chewbacca's they usually go through more of the french quarter and i'm actually from a from a COVID perspective, I'm glad that they're going down Decatur, and you know, and South Peter because that just is a little bit more spreading out space. There's times in Crew de Vue when you're down in the quarter that I mean you can't. Once you get to a spot, that's it, and you're there. You're not going to be able to even come close to distancing, much less social distancing. Uh, so it's kind of nice that they're they're doing that. So I mean, that's just the way Carnival is going to be. It's going to be some changes for this year, but it'll get better. So what I what I think is kind of messed up here is like it that it came down so late. <laughs> like the leaders, the crew didn't get notified until today, and the parade's two days away. I just think that's like somebody dropped the ball there at the at the city level because that's just really messed up. That. Oh, you, by the way, you're going to change your route in two days um, when they've probably been promoting it this other way this this whole time. Yeah, but it was just hot in the news. It was like a couple of days ago when the mayor and the, you know, you, you get the the um, the police chief has the full confidence of the mayor, which means that he probably doesn't, you know. So I'm sure there was some meeting that probably happened earlier in the week. And he's like, well, if you want us to do A, B, or C, then we're going to have to do X, Y, or Z with these parades that are coming up. So, it, part of the- yeah, you might. There, It's a good chance that something got totally dropped, but it also could have been a shift in priorities. I don't know. I mean. I, I'm going gonna, gonna to stand up for this, though, because I think they did drop the ball because Crudevaux's fuss over our changed route was unfolding weeks ago. And it's the same thing with the Uptown cruise as well where it's like i have i have you know a gripe with this route that you're making us do and we're going to be very public and vocal about that this chewbacca stuff again it just dropped today and it's like you said maybe they had a meeting on monday but again that that tells me that they weren't planning ahead and they weren't communicating and they dropped the ball regardless we got a parade on saturday Mm -hmm. and it's a geeky star wars you know, um, remember they carry the sock of, you know, Peter Mayhew. That old man's mad. Um, so, you know, hey, um, well, we'll take it. So, um, Lord yeah, knows I don't want to be in that decision-making room. So, It's one of the difficult realities of, like I said, Carnival in 2022. 
just about everyone's being asked to make some sort of sacrifice or some sort of change. The reality is you wish it didn't have to come so late because, I mean, you know, particularly for Chewbacca, they have over a hundred sub crews. They have anywhere from few people marching to floats, you know, that people push and they show and, up the uh, day of and groups, pay their so, dues and, and march. Yeah. So. so, so it becomes quite difficult to all of a sudden go, okay, we're not turning here. We're going here. We must don't muster down at their normal mustering point. We muster here on Royal and Elysian field. So it creates a little, you know, a lot of, you know, congestion and changes that last minute. I mean, I don't begrudge the overlords what they're going to have to do between now and then because it's hurting cats. You know, uh, Ariana, who's been on twice, um, mm -hmm. she posted this meme of uh, Madeline Kahn from Clue with flames from the sides of my face. You know, it's like uh, I can only imagine the amount oh. of logistical nightmare that they're dealing with right now. It, yeah, it's got it's got to be hell. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, let's do some trivia and then let's talk about this thing that we all watched yesterday. Um, and uh, so to start off with Dave, I'm going to start with you. What name do rebel pilots more commonly use to refer to a modified T-47 airspeeder? What name do rebel pilots more commonly use to refer to a modified T-47 airspeeder? I am not nearly geeky enough to know this, so I'm just going to have to guess one of their... Uh, think, uh, think, think, think it through, think it through, because I think you are geeky enough to know this. You don't need to know the numbers. Right. Um, right. What name do uh, rebel pilots most commonly use to refer to a modified T-47 airspeeder? I'm just going to guess snow speeders because I know go. those were modified. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, hey, because I know they were modified. So that was the only clue that I had there. You got to get up. Always get up. Remember what <laughs> Master Luke says. <laughs> All right, Fredo. Mm -hmm. What type of being celebrates the defeat of the second Death Star by playing a xylophone made of stormtrooper helmets? And as a percussionist, I would disagree that this is a xylophone, but okay, whatever. Um, so what type of being celebrates the defeat of the second Death Star by playing a xylophone made of stormtrooper helmets? Uh, the obvious answer there is an Ewok. It is an Ewok. It is. And he's playing more, what happened? He's playing more like wood blocks than a xylophone because xylophone is definite pitch. So it actually has like B flat, C, you know, those are just indefinite pitch yeah, instruments. So that's my nerdiness. Yeah, the bigger question is what happened to the owners of the helmets? <laughs> same thing that happened to same same thing that happened to the woman who had the dress they gave to Princess Leia. Um exactly. So uh for me, what does Yoda call his class of Jedi children using training droids to sense the force around him? He calls them younglings. And we talk about a youngling in this episode. And who's also a foundling. Who's also a foundling. Um, and okay, so um, so yeah, I, what we're going to do, we'll just start in on this episode and we'll let the conversation go organically. Uh, I think I have a feeling though we're going to be talking a lot about you know a whole lots of things uh, like what is 
wow, that person's in it, and wow, this is happening, and this has to do with both and how, and um, so, uh, but I can't, okay, so on the count of three, let's all hit play. So everybody's got Disney Plus, skip the, the uh, intro and the recap, and on the count of three, one, two, three, play. And I'm going to turn on my subtitles so I can see what they're talking about. Um, all right. So first off, I think we're overusing the uh, the um, ice cream machine. Ice cream machine a little bit, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I am I was shocked to see Cobb Vanth right out the gate. Yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. And Timothy Oliphant looks like he's lost some weight. I think he needs to eat a Snickers or two. Um, but uh, I, it's just like a really welcome surprise. I, I thought, oh, wow. Like, I had no idea that he was going to come back. I think like a lot of us were thinking in terms of like Grogu and maybe Luke and some of those things. Um there was no, there was just so no indication that this was coming. So it was really cool on that level. And then of course, he's just a total bad A here too. You know, I think the first movie I saw him in was uh, the Girl Next Door. You know, it was like the basically the remake of Risky Business type of a deal. But anyway, he was, and he has a look in here at some point that he looks exactly like the a hole that he was in in that movie. Uh, but anyway, um, but in part, it's interesting that we're coming back and we're seeing uh, Cobb Vanth here because it makes sense from a certain standpoint. We've, uh, you know, the efforts of the Pikes to take over the spice trade in Tatooine, the battle that they're having with Boba Fett. We should expect that it's going to spill out and involve other areas of the planet and other people. So the fact that Cobb Vanth, who Boba Fett, on, Boba Fett only knows because he had his armor, <laughs> you know, now coming back into the, into the fold kind of makes sense. Now, it doesn't, just... it doesn't feel shoehorned is, is exactly mm -hmm. the whole point. And that's why it works. Yeah, this, uh, this, this is like one of the few things in this episode that makes sense. <laughs> that makes con makes for continuity um I mean, yeah this i this is like okay cool yeah of course he would be here and of course this would be going down all right we're, this is cool um ask them to leave the spice and so you wonder like in that moment you know, like is he going to be tempted by this and then you see him just kick it over and and you're like all of your like faith in this character I, has been rewarded. I am not gonna lie. I was expecting two lightsabers wrapped up in a cloth to come spilling out of that box when he kicked it over, and it started <laughs> just slowly. You know, <laughs> it would would not have. It, would you have been surprised if that would have happened? <laughs> Given no, the rest of the everything episode. that's going on. <laughs> no, no, but I, and again. I expected it to be spice. I was I was worried he would be tempted. It's like, oh God, what is he gonna do with this spice now? And immediately kicks it off, so kicks it over, so it'll just blow away in the wind. I love it. So it shows that he is a straight shooter. Mm -hmm. um, desert from the desert from comes the a stranger. All of these uh, titles are very biblical, or like very you know biblical in nature they anyway. also reference elements within the episode right 
more notably towards the climax of this episode. So in this, this case, this episode mm -hmm. has had many moments that had me clapping my hands like a little child who just got a you know thing of ice cream. And one of the first ones is coming up here. Um, obviously, we knew Bo uh, that Mando was heading for um, find Grogu, and then but when they panned it back and saw R two, you had to have just went a little giddy there. Yep. Yep. And then, um, and your mind starts to race. Well, how much are they going to show now? You know, because R two right. is like this tease. Okay, now are we going to get Luke? Um, and then, uh, obviously, they pay things off, uh, you know, <laughs> as we go forward. They're like, you get a character, and you get a character. And it's like, uh, yeah, so it's just a lot. But um, this was just kind of this tease, this warm, like, oh, oh, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to get more because RT is nice to see, but it, it's kind of the promise of something more so my question I, I got into is where are they because of what you see coming up next with the building of that hut it was like okay so are we on on octu or are no. you, I, I, I know we're not but it but it's i mean anyway um, so the buildings the buildings do denote and call back to so those beehive hut huts in yeah. in, in octu which I love the idea of the droid, the building droids that are putting oh, yeah. it all together. Yeah. Because it's the kind of thing that you don't think of, you know, when you think of, well, how, who, who's putting all these buildings together? Because, you know, okay, Luke has the force, but do we expect him to be lifting rocks and putting stuff together? Well, this makes much more sense. He's not just building a little wooden hut. He's actually trying to build a temple to train jedi so now where did he get this ant colony of droids though i'm that, wondering right right did, that, did he's, leia he's gotta have some capital up? somewhere yeah maybe yeah. they got a lot of money for destroying the death star i don't know um yeah. that's a hero of the republic he can ask hey you got any of these <laughs> so but it's a little um, bit of minor world building that's cool to see yeah, yeah. no absolutely hands hands down no problem um it was kind of interesting what's coming up here because it was funny because Britt pointed out when R2 just shuts himself down right now, mm -hmm. she's like, we've never seen him do that. Never seen R2 mm -hmm. just turn off. You know, we've yeah, seen we people turn down, do it. turn off C-3PO, but he, he just shut himself down. I mean, other than no, Force thought... Awakens, if you want to throw that into there, because it's like he's... Yeah. But... That was the big shutdown in 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 air quotes. The big shutdown was in Force Awakens. So, um, but yeah, other than that, you don't really see him. Just yeah, we saw three P in Episode Four. Yeah, actually, tell look, I'm going to shut myself down while he's talking to Ben. Uh, but no, we've never seen R two. But here's really the thing. Do that. Here's the thing, though. And but here's the thing that's really weird is that R two never shuts himself down. So then he becomes again. He's he and three PO, but more him is the Greek the chorus. He knows he knows everything that's going on, and so mm -hmm. he's shut down now. So it's like he can't give anything up, and he can't. Is he not to see what's going on? I don't know. It was very. It would be an interesting. I, that'd be one of the questions I would ask Filoni. It's like, why'd you have R two shut down? My interpretation is simply that he's conserving energy. He's like, okay, we're done here. <laughs> 
like and, I did what I had to do. I brought you to the spot. You're gonna encounter the Jedi soon enough. All right, I'm done. And in reality, it's a good way to pause Mando in his tracks. Like he knows he's in the right mm-hmm. place, and that's it. Okay, now you got to stop and wait. Because otherwise, the question will be, well, why isn't Arthur taking him to see Luke and Grogu? Okay, so let's talk Luke. Remember last time? Way better. Looks way better. Well, remember last time when we saw him, it was, you know, a lot of, there was a lot of criticism of it. And then shortly thereafter, Lucasfilm went and hired the dude who made it look better on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Is he doing a better job? It, this, I think so. This works for me. Yeah, I think it works a lot better this time around. And here's the other thing. I've seen some critiques again of how the dialogue from Luke is just kind of meh. And I want to, I want to find well, like not very emotional or anything. I want I'm gonna go I want to go find there has to be a clip out there of every line that Luke has in Return of the Jedi. That character that the the lines are delivered much differently than in Empire or in um, A New Hope. Mm-hmm. So I think I, mean, I think oh. when 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 I hear that I'm wondering are is are people's mental model of the Luke from a new hope where he's very, you know, fired up and, you know, where the hell are you going? Bah, 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 bah. I'm going to toss his power station. Bah, bah, bah. You know, um, whereas in return of the Jedi, it's, it, he's just kind of like your yeah. every normal run a day priest, you know, um, think, think of the climax in the death star. When he turns around, throws his lightsaber, the cadence that he has, when he says, tells Palpatine, you fail, your highness. I'm a Jedi like my father for me. I mean, he's catching his breath and he's calming himself, but the line is delivered in a very even tone because that's the tone that he wants to strive towards as a Jedi. It's not high emotion. It's not high stress. It's very balanced. And so the other thing is the that fact got, that he's still... Well, they've got Mark Hamill delivering the lines. Unless they're only paying him exactly. five bucks an hour and he's given five bucks an hour. I mean, this is what he's being directed to be. Mm-hmm. I love the gag with the frogs because he's like he admonishes Grogu for not paying attention because he gets distracted by a frog. Ooh, snack, you know. Yeah. And so the best way to get his attention, it's like we're gonna lift all the frogs up into the air, and you're going to be aware that that's a thing that you can eventually do. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like this is this is the path. This is the way that you know. This is where we're headed, sir. Uh, pay attention. I think like this is the best little subtle um, gag that they could have done there. And then mm-hmm. uh, the one thing I'll say about Luke, you guys have seen the last Starfighter, right? Mm-hmm. I have. I have not, but that's all right. You, oh my goodness! Wait, um, no, the last okay. Starfighter haven't. Oh man, ah, uh, we're gonna have to watch that one. Um, Okay, so there's a there's a point where the the main protagonist gets replaced by a robot, um, and so the robot's pretending to be him, and so there's the the actor playing the part is playing a robot, pretending to be him, <laughs> and there and there are moments of like genuine stiffness and awkwardness that come from that. And I get a little bit of that here. Like, this is what I got reminded and taken it to use your phrase, uh, Aaron. I got taken out of it a little bit. Um, 
where it's like, well, oh gosh, he's he's somebody pretending to be somebody pretending to be somebody. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. I so guess. I'm the dude with the of the other dude. So we get yet another Order sixty six flashback. This Filoni. was Filoni. This was really pretty cool. I was expecting. I mean, and and it cuts away right before we find out who. Okay, so we were told in second season of Mandalorian he was basically whisked away from the Jedi Temple. He was rescued by somebody. So is it a clone trooper that does it? Or is it a Jedi who does it? Well, it's an interesting question because the way that, yeah, the way that this is said is uh, he's at the mercy of the the, the clones right here. And that's when the the memory fades out. Um, I saw somebody mention that that could have been Sin Dralig that was leading the, the defense of Grogu, but I believe Sin gets taken out by Darth Vader, if I'm not mistaken. So, but it's it's an interesting question because he's looking at the lightsaber, he's staring. You know, you're supposed it's it's part of the mystery of Grogu. How how did he escape Order sixty six? How did he escape from the Jedi Temple? How did how did he end up? where Mandalorian picked them up in episode one or chapter one. It was interesting because you watched that very first episode of Mandalorian and, and that was a thought that immediately came up because you, 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 they explain this creature is 50 years old. He finds it. And so then you start doing the math and it's like, was this, is he force sensitive? And if he's force sensitive, was he wit in the Jedi temple when that was going down because of the math lines? And so like, this has been a question all this time and it's still not completely resolved. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to find out more and more as we go along, but um, it was really cool to see that, that, that flashback from his perspective and sort of confirm as much as we already knew. So now we get the first of uh, many feel-good moments in the, like probably about the next 15 minutes when, first of all, Ahsoka is there. And um, again, Brittany and I went, wow, didn't expect to see her. And um, I, or I think, wow, they're bringing everybody into this, I think is what Britt said. Um, and we both enjoyed it. It was so cool then to see her interaction with R2 because she mm-hmm. was so close with R2 in the Clone Wars. And I love the line, I'm an old friend of the family, which... You know, okay, so we were talking offline here a little bit. This is why I'm putting my money down that we're going to see Ahsoka in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series and not just in a flashback, but in real time. That, And so she's going to realize that Obi-Wan is still alive and Obi-Wan's going, yeah, I'm watching over Anakin's kid here. Keep it on the down low. It's like, all right, well, I'll go help the, the rebels and do this fulcrum thing. And I think eventually she will earn her Jedi status back. And that's what the Ahsoka series is going to be about because we hear her voice when Ray is talking to all the Jedi and she's technically not a Jedi here. So um, I don't know. What'd you think about Ahsoka being in this? I mean, take it to just in, let's forget that this is the book of Boba Fett in these, in these <laughs> 55 minutes or whatever it was, what'd you think of, in the story? What'd you think of seeing Ahsoka here? I, I think it makes sense. Yeah, go ahead. Ahead, no, you got okay. it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it makes sense. It works because she is going to speak to 
Din in a way that's different from the way Luke might. Din is, you know, Luke might, you know, Din might see Luke kind of trying to keep him from seeing Grogu as a challenger, as somebody who wants to take his place. Whereas, uh, okay, <laughs> whereas uh, Ahsoka, he knows that Ahsoka will not necessarily, she doesn't want to train Grogu. She, as a matter of fact, he even says, you know, you didn't want to train Grogu. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't choose that to do that. Master Luke going to train him. So I'm going to be cynical. She's coming at I'm going to be cynical Aaron here a little bit, not really cynical, but just kind of realistic. The thing is, I, I think probably the reason why she is here ultimately is because they knew she's telling him everything that Luke could tell him. And they knew mm -hmm. that, all right, we got to keep Luke's dialogue and screen time to a minimum. So we need somebody who can be there to relay all this expository stuff, you know, and not have people thinking that we're watching Polar Express. That's me being, that's but just, uh, no, anyway. But that's probably true. That's probably true. But it also works thematically. Oh, makes and I love the idea story. that it's that it's her that's building the temple, not Luke. Yeah, and it makes sense just like, okay, so to your point, Aaron, story-wise, this is what we need. We need a character that will be able to offer this level of separation so that Luke can have his time apart and keep Grogu away from him. Um, all right. So who do you want it to be? And so then right. the conversation becomes, well, Ahsoka might be really cool because then you can get a little bit of Ahsoka interplay with R2 and with Luke. And yeah, you know, so on that level, I'm, I'm kind of glad they did it. I wish I would have gotten more. Um, the stuff with Luke was good, but it's like, I would have liked to have seen them talk a little bit more about Anakin, and I'm sure Luke would have had a million questions for her about I, his dad. Again, I think there's going to be more of that in the Ahsoka series. Ahsoka. Um, obviously, Grogu senses dad's presence, you know. Um, and I really like how he's in the backpack and Luke is running around. That was... <laughs> I mean... So, okay, so I was watching Blind Wave. You ever watch them on YouTube yeah. doing their reaction yeah. to this? And the one guy, he said, he goes, you know, I know a lot of people are going to critique this. Said so this is all fan service. He says, I don't care. I feel served. You know, it was mm -hmm. like to to see these things, it was it was it was so cool you if you're if you're going to critique this as a like as part of the overall story and everything like that you got to put on a different hat all these things made you feel warm and comfy inside um some of this stuff with luke is th is stuff that people will have wanted to see since 1983 right Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. that's 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 a long time to wait and and think like I would love to see, you know, Luke training Jedi, and it's like, well, now you, now you friggin' get it, you know, here it is, which you know makes me wonder, you know, just just uh, you know, not necessarily being cynical, Aaron, but you know, in terms of if we're getting an episode full of warm and fud, you know, fussies here. Is the next episode going to be all dark and downbeat and just, you know, just ripping out your heart? Well, this one ends a little bit on that that downbeat, you know. Um, mm. That may hint at uh, some some more negativity. I don't know. Up. Luke didn't stick the landing on that jump there. But um, <laughs> kind of a little homage to Pitfall, too. Um, mm -hmm. 
<laughs> my kids were like, why is he always putting people who look like Yoda in his backpack? <laughs> Touche. <laughs> okay, does that also bring up the, the question of there's an in-universe maker of Grogu or Yoda people backpacks? And what store do you go to get them? You know, again, it's it's also what's really cool is to see, uh, you know, as as a as a teacher, um, there's a lot of my mannerisms, a lot of my tools, a lot of my you know things that I give to my students that I got from my teachers, and little bits here and there. However, with Luke, he really only had one teacher, so he's passing on the way what he learned from Yoda. Um, even to the point where he's saying, you know, do, don't try, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like how Grogu's of... doing yoga here. Yoda's doing yoga. And it's something that I will know that I thought of towards the end that leads to the climax of the limitations that Luke has as a teacher of Jedi. Like he, he was basically trained on the run, quick and dirty, he didn't get the years upon years upon years of training that even somebody like his dad, Anakin, got. So when things eventually do go bad, as we know they must, because the sequel trilogy exists, you can kind of see where the limitations of Luke, Luke's training as a teacher come into the equation. Because all he can do is pass on what he's been taught. Now, it's the basics of being a Jedi and connecting with the Force, so that's good enough, but you know, the, you know, knowing and recognizing where the line between light and dark are, you know, he might not necessarily have gotten the full book on that. He might just have gotten a chapter. I, I think what where Luke ends um, is not ideal, um, and we'll get to that here shortly. But I I fully agree with you fredo about that i i wrestle with those kinds of questions all the time as a parent um it's like what did my parents do in these situations and did i hold these grudges against my parents and was i even aware of what they were wrestling with at times and and how do i you know how do i take those lessons and apply them forward and and it just there's no you know, again, there's no one size fits all answer to any of that stuff, but Luke is particularly ill-equipped given the fact that, you know, he hung out with Yoda for a couple of weeks, maybe. Yeah. And, and here's the thing too, is I'm looking at this again from my, my teacher perspective and, you know, first year teachers were all just, you know, surviving on the theory that we got, you know, in the previous four or five years. Um, and the good teachers, the good teachers change drastically throughout their career. There's new epiphanies. There's new things you, you try to take on. You realize that something that you thought when you were, and I'm going to pause for a second because to see Luke and Ahsoka interact was incredible as well. And, and when she says that, you know, you know, R2 called me, I'm wondering if this is the first time, this is the, like the first time that they've interacted because Luke's like, when am I going to see you again? The other thing I wanted to say too, is seeing Grogu leaping around is very reminiscent of Yoda and attack right. of the clones. 
And it's mm-hmm. just like, that's again, it's a nice little callback. And I'm like, yay, I get to see this sort of thing again. So, but get, getting back to my, my teacher thing here is that, you know, like I said, the, the good teachers, I mean, they are, they change drastically through their careers. The, the bad teachers or the teachers who like leave the profession because they're sick of it or, you know, things like that. And um, it's because they never, they never grew as a teacher. And I don't think Luke ever grew as a teacher because he was, you know, we see at the end, we'll talk about it. He's still saying you can't have attachments. Whereas, you know, Ahsoka would probably be the first one to say, no, you, you, you got, you got to have attachments. You know, it was like it there. So he, he still did the, even in the last Jedi, he was talking about the dogmatic ways. He realized that it was wrong, but he was still wanting to save the sacred Jedi text. So he was, he, he wanted to grow, but he didn't know how to grow. Um, so I, I love then, Luke Skywalker, but he's a failed teacher. Well, and that's, I mean, and that's kind of the, the hard part is because his limit, he's limited, you know, like you're saying, year first year teachers. Well, imagine you being a first year teacher and now trying to teach other teachers how to be a teacher, which right. is that limited experience. It's, you know, there's only so much you're going to be able to impart. And I love the lines there where he says that he's actually more helping him remember yeah. than he's teaching him anything. So it shows, okay, that number one, Grogu had some training at the Jedi Temple, which you would expect. But also that so far, if there's any progress, it's, you know, Luke is more helping him, guiding him back towards his path than anything, which is good, but also is going to, it's not giving him the, feedback that he needs to know i'm doing the right thing but it's also you know luke is also the product of a failed educational system (laughs) i mean he had you know he had one teacher that you know i mean okay ben died and then he had you know he dropped out of yoda school and then came back and yoda died so he like i said he didn't have much guidance in the way of this thing but that's the opportunity then to like I said, I think in here he's in survival mode, so he just gets stuck in those ways. Um, yeah, that's part of it too. Like again, like he doesn't have these actual people to sort of draw from. Like, and and so it's like, well, let me look at what, how the Jedi did it. Let me go look at the you know the and, texts and and you know and the, the reason, Jedi texts. And the reason why <laughs> young teachers get better is because they see older teachers doing it better than them, and they like, I want to do that. I like this. I like mm-hmm. that. I want to do these things. That's why Yoda is, was a great teacher, but he was the product of many Jedi. Um, so now we get into uh, the, the headliner of this episode of the show. Who all he does Making is give a, all, all he does is give a head nod. He doesn't even say, "Hey, what's up?" He, they just look at each other and do just kind of a the 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 bro head nod. This is all Fennec Shand. Um, um, which, by the way, I'm loving, you know, Migna Wen is awesome, has been awesome in everything she's been. So I love her kind of guiding and leading here because she's got all this experience, so it makes sense. There you go. Head not, head not. Mandalorian, Mandalorian. Doctor, but, um, doctor, doctor. Doctor, doctor. But, it, you know, but <laughs> it, it is, I mean, again, go. we go back to last week's criticism and it's only even bigger this. Here it's, you know, the Book of Boba Fett is guest starring Boba Fett the last few weeks. It's not his show anymore. Well, and that's why, again, we were talking about this before we started recording, is that I think we have to stop 
critiquing this story within the confines of the title. And we have to mm-hmm. see how does it fit in when the greater story of Mandalorian season one, season two here where it's like we're watching the same musical, but we're, you know, this is just a little intermission or interlude. Yeah, yeah, just kind of a little interlude. I mean, we're still telling the same story, but there's just some different characters. So, but however, it gets into Lucasfilm and Disney's, that's their fault. Um, I was watching, it was Hello Greedo today. He said, this is great. He said, but the problem is that if we go 15 years in the future and somebody's going to start watching The Mandalorian for the first time, we're going to say, okay, great, watch season one, season two. Then you're going to have to go watch these couple episodes of The Book of Boba Fett because some real cool stuff happens. You know, it's like they're not making it any easier on themselves. I think the, the um, and where, again, this is more of a critique than it was even last week because even last week you could sort of like explain it away. You say, well, okay, they, in the previous episode, they were talking about bringing in muscle. This next episode, they immediately show who the muscle is going to be, and they're going to tell us more about his story. And you get caught up super quick if you've never watched the show before. So you could watch, in theory, if you wanted to, the Book of Boba Fett and just be completely caught up within the confines of that story. This episode is not that at all. This episode is we're pulling in Mandalorian's greatest hits, And now, like, this series has sort of morphed into Mandalorian Season 2.5. Because it's not Season 3. It's it's 2.5. Which, again, is fine. But there is... It's a fair critique to say, like, why did you call it The Book of Boba Fett? Unless you were just trying to, like, get fanboys of Boba Fett from you know, 30 years ago to, to like jump on board with this series and try to stoke the flames of it. It's like, I don't, I don't get it. Um, I do have to, I have to talk about the skeleton though of the crate dragon, like a, the skull on the top of the sand crawler. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there already. We're, um, we're drinking whiskey in the bar. Uh, Yeah. No, the, the rib cage is in the bar. Oh, okay. The ribcage yeah, of the crate dragon. I thought you were talking about the, the skull block. that's going to be on the sand crawler here in a little bit. Yeah, I think we I think we already saw that. But regardless, like you can see these these bones in this bar. I'm pretty sure they weren't there before. They what weren't. I, what I also kind yeah. of dig is that they've also you know people freaked out because what's most Pelgo, and now they've decided to change their name to Freetown so it aligns with. Um, what was in aftermath right Mm because he was so which makes you wonder okay did they did they do an oopsie in season two and then went okay yeah we can fix that you know let me just let me give me five minutes or you know or was it meant to be i don't know well and it's it's an you know it's part of the the fine threading of things that feloni and crew have to do because there's the stuff from the books, there's the stuff from other, the other shows, there's the stuff that's come before, so it's all got to mesh together again, you know. the When Chapter 1 of the first season of Mandalorian came, this was all new field, you know. Nobody had you know, done anything with it. Now we are have, can building all these connections, so it proves a lot harder to say, okay, you're going to do this, 
versus not do this, you know? Yeah, but, um, but again, I, I'm mm-hmm. still, I know I've been like a, a, a critical of the uh, um, story of the story group, you know, but it's mm-hmm. like, okay, so somewhere in season two, they're like, hey, and we've got, we're Cobb Vanth is going to be in it and he's the marshal of most Pelgo. And somebody on that board should have said, on uh, the book, we called it Freetown. You oh, know, I love the, uh, or, they, or, might, they, they might've done it, but this is, this is an elegant solution to me. All right. So I'm sorry. This is the second. I, I agree. It was it was cool, but it's yeah. just but it's uh, um, anyway. Fredo, you were going to say something before. No, I was just going to say I, I love I love the foreshadowing, the way that, you know, the camera work, the noise drops there before the first shot into the desert of the stranger walking out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was I, really well done. I start I started doing that. My wife was like, what's going on? I was like, I think that might be Cad Bane. And she says, yeah. that means nothing to me. <laughs> but, but so but that this was, is how you know who saw Clone Wars and Rebels and who didn't. Right. And so and so she still enjoyed the episode, but it hit on a different maybe didn't it hit as hard because it's like, all right, so there's just some dude she could, you know, she could, she's put two and two together. Some dude is like, you know, a hired gun to say, nope, Pike's got this. Um, mm-hmm. But for the rest of us, it's like, it's Cad friggin' Bane. And this is, I <laughs> said, this is what I wanted before Book of Boba Fett. You know, I wanted to see Cad Bane. Um, you got your wish. How'd you feel about the execution here? Um, I, I thought his hat was too small. I wanted a wider build hat, but he can, you know, whatever. You buy new hat. Buy new hat. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can buy a new hat. I dug that the uh, the the voice was the same guy from Clone Wars. Um, the coloring is is different. Um, it's not as dark blue. I saw today online some, you know, what the net does. You know, they go and you know fix it up and made it look a little bit even more like Cad Bane. But again, but again, you know, but again mm-hmm. I come back to it's like, you know, the the animated series are like an artist's interpretation of what it was in real life. And they take place now, what, 40 years from this moment. So, you know, we don't know about his species. Maybe they get lighter as they age. You know, we can see that there's because a lot of the stuff around him looks brand shiny and new. So who knows? I don't know what so you guys I love think. The, I love the moment. Yeah, I love the moment with the eyes just look up and you're like, yep, it's Cad Bane. That's like, I, I believe the moment when I was like, no way, he's not doing that. Then, yeah, the moment you hear his voice, you're like, yep, that's who it is. Yeah, and you got and, the uh, hoses. You can see the hoses. And uh, the yeah, yeah, it's clearly him. Um, we're not talking about the deputy here, who is obviously like way out of his depth and creates all this added tension in the scene um, because you're like, oh gosh, this is a wild card. We don't know how he's going to bugger everything up, but he's certainly going to bugger everything up. And um, Rick kind of raises the stakes of things. And you know that, um, I mean, you you just know they're not going to bring Cad Bane into live action and then have him lose like, five seconds later a gunfight so um and i you hate it i mean at least i did because i love cop van and i have mm-hmm. really grown to appreciate that character a great deal and again i i said it earlier his morality like really struck a chord with me 
where like he but, kicks the spice over and it's like i don't want him to die I'm i don't i don't this. i don't think he is i don't think yeah. he is because he gets hit right. once the deputy gets gunned like yeah empties the cartridge yeah. on him you know yeah like so. like he unloads on the deputy but he only gives kind of a glancing warning shot i bet this is going to have him. this is going to be like back to the future three that stole from what was it uh the good bad and the ugly Fistful of, dollars. Fistful of dollars where it's like he's got something under his shirt, you know, a little little piece of Beskar that he kept, you know, that uh, protected him just, you know, anyway, um, I don't think Cobb Vanth is dead. I, I do think, too, like the reason the big reason I don't think he is, is, um, again, the storytelling potential. They're like, he's a great character. We don't want to kill him off. Um, but like they've been hinting at these um, cybernetic implants. Mm-hmm. And they've we've like they've been showing us this and sort of beating us. The, over mod, the, head. the mods will fix him. Mm-hmm. And I think like that's, I just really think that's where we're headed with that. But I mean, we'll see. Hold on, what we'll they see. just say there? Is he okay? I, Grab the stems. The marshal is he breathing? I'm sorry, I'm just reading the uh, yeah. closed captions. Come on, get him. There's something yeah. wrong with the marshal. The bartend- bartender's pissed. Hmm. And Which this I think is good. interesting. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, it's maybe the call to arms that they needed to watch their sheriff, who they all adore, get gunned down. It's like, okay, the pikes are coming for us. We're going we're gonna to stand up for our own. Because what's interesting, it's, you know, Cobb Vance is kind of like 50-50 and joining Din on his, mm-hmm. on his fight. But it's the bartender who's like, nope, look, we've seen enough. We're, we're not sticking our nose in anybody else's business. We're cool with just hanging back and letting whatever happens in most size fun, most size lead take care of itself. And but Bob. now, obviously, the look, the look at Cobb, Cad Bane walking away is one of, okay, clearly we can't just let this slide. And yeah. by the way, if you didn't get flashbacks to the untou- the opening of the Untouchables with this right. uh, scene, it's like, come on now. And notice that you don't see Max Rebo anywhere, kids. <laughs> so seriously they show all the musicians every other episode they've made a point to show max rebo max looks like he got the day off so maybe max maybe is in coming on in later that night maybe he got a tip that something was coming max you mm-hmm. best not show up to the gig tonight um you knew these people were doomed when max wasn't there because it's like well max has to survive and if max is not around you're in trouble so now, okay, like I've, got a, I've got a bone to pick. I need some, I need nerddom out there to help me, because here's where um, Luke makes Grogu, you know, have Sophie's choice. Um, he's got Yoda's lightsaber. Yoda lost mm-hmm. his lightsaber in Episode Three. Yeah, he did. He didn't have it with him when he got in the car with Bail Organa, because no. he got he the Emperor, you know made him go fallen and he lost his lightsaber. Um, so it makes you wonder how's, how's Luke got, got Yoda's I guess lightsaber. The one, the one, the one theory that I kind of have is that obviously in the, in the search for master Yoda, that the clones do through the Senate chambers, maybe one found his lightsaber. Cause we know it fell in the battle when him and uh, Sidious, you know, basically formed a ball of force lightning and push one another. So um, That's true. Maybe, 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 maybe the emperor kept it as a trophy in his office and 
Leia found it or found it and uh, gave it to to Luke, you know, just as a means to remember Yoda by. So, and, but and, what or, else? and or he may have created another one. Well, look, and, and here's my okay. Good. So here's my other thing is that I okay. So we're we're seeing he's Luke is making Grogu choose between being a Jedi or going with his Mandalorian friend, and it's like why. I, I would hope that this story would allow him to be both. We know he's not, I mean, because that's the way the dark saber got started was a Mandalorian Jedi. I mean, so I still want to see this little green guy in Mandalorian armor wielding a lightsaber. And that doesn't make it. He's not, he's neither Jedi nor Mandalorian. He is just what he is. Um, because like I told you guys in the chat is like, if he goes on to be a Jedi, then he's getting slaughtered by Ben Solo in, you know, in about 20 years. Yeah. To me, and, and this is kind of where I was kind of, I may go on a rant here, just FYI, because I'll drink this my is whiskey, you, see, you go on your rant. Yeah, yeah. This is where you see the failure of Luke Skywalker as a teacher. Because in Return of the Jedi, it's established. He knows this, how his attachment to his friends is the thing that gets him through the darkest moments. It's his love for his sister, his love for Han, for Chewie, for Lando, for these people that he spent all these years fighting with that gives him the strength to see the goodness in his dad, to see the goodness in the monster that is Darth Vader. And yet, the first chance he gets, after reading a few books, what he does is run back to the dogmatic ways of the Jedi and go, oh no, you cannot have any attachments. You can't have any loved ones. You got to distance yourself from everybody. And you're like, dude, the people who care about you the most, you're not, he's not cutting off Leia. He's not cutting off Han. He's not saying, okay, I'll see you later. Bye. You know, he's still having these relationships, these emotions. And he's like, did you not recognize where the Jedi fell short? And then, of course, that's when I think it makes this... sense. Of course, he would, the dogmatic ways of the Jedi would be the ones that would lead him into trouble with Ben. 20 years down the line. But this is what makes The Last Jedi Luke Skywalker so awesome. And why mm -hmm. so many people had such a problem with it, but I loved it because, again, it showed he, it wasn't until recently, you know, if we talked Last Jedi, that he realized that those ways were messed up, you know? And, mm -hmm. you know, so, um, or actually, it was probably right after he tried to kill his nephew that he realized those ways are messed up and it took him that long to realize he failed as a teacher. He's, he's a beautifully failed character. Um, and that You're, bothers yeah. people because they want Luke Skywalker to be perfect. And if Luke Skywalker was perfect, he'd be boring. I've said it a gazillion times on this podcast. Um, at, at this stage of things, he's just sort of pretending at, at being the Jedi. Right. And, and he's got imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, I'm the only one left. I don't know what I'm doing here. Um, I'm just going to lean into what they did before. And so that's why he's going against his instincts of, you know, I, I should care for the people around me and surround myself with them. Um, he's like, well, this is what the Jedi did. So this is what I have to do. Um, mm -hmm. So it really makes a lot of sense in that in that way but it, it's it's still also like frustrating you're like come on you're an idiot cut it out <laughs> it's, this is terrible what you're doing to this poor kid it's like again aaron i would agree with you i wouldn't be surprised if that was like the ultimate outcome 
is that Grogu takes the example set by Ahsoka, which is like, I'm going to carve out my own path. Um, and, and again, the Darksaber stuff, you know, the first Mandalorian Jedi, you know, that could be a bit of a hint as well. And it's like, well, this is where we're going to go. We're going to do things our own way. We're not going to do things the Jedi way. And we're going to see where that takes us. Um, I'd love to see it unfold that way. And because there'd be a nice symmetry to it based on everything that we've seen to this point. Now, are you guys in my camp yet wondering how they're going to wrap all this stuff up next week? Because do you the, think we'll get season two? The only the only thing that this episode did was just make everything more convoluted. Because last episode, now if they would have been like last episode, oh man, I can't fight with this dark saber. And then he shows up and he sees Grogu and Luke, and he's like, "Hey, can you give me a few pointers, boss?" And Luke says, "Yeah, here, do a couple of these things." So he gets a little training, or us, even Ahsoka, and then now I can go fight with my dark saber. But that wasn't paid off at all in this episode. Um, again, this was just another, you know, <laughs> um, I, I, again, it's, you know, it's like they, it, in software development, you know, when you're working in code, they do what they call branching, where you take the main branch and you, you know, you split off from it. And so you have this parallel branch that you can mess around in and not affect, and then you can make your changes and merge that into the main branch. And that's what's going on here. It's like these last two episodes, we've had the storyline, then we just branched off and we're just playing around, which by the way, this is these last couple episodes is just Dave Filoni playing with his action figures. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are the stories we would have made up, you know, because I've got Cad Bane and Luke Skywalker. How do I make them work in the same story? All right, here we go. Uh, but anyway, I still, I, I, next episode is going to probably be awesome but just really confusing well and again that's where we're at right now that was the choice the creative choice they made it's just like it's not you can't just like come into this I, again you could oh i'm sorry um you could come into this blind and say i'm just gonna watch the boba fett show and do okay i guess but you're not gonna get nearly as much out of it if you haven't watched the Mandalorian and, or clone wars or clone wars or rebels. Right. And we're getting to that point now where it's like, y you have to do the summer reading kids. You need to be, you need to have watched these shows. The Cad Bane thing. I'm with you, Aaron. I'm freaking out. My kids are freaking out because they've watched this. They've seen this character before. They're like, oh, that's Cad Bane. Well, they didn't figure it out as quickly as I did, or <laughs> Kate did. But we're like, um, well, we think we know who it is. And they're like, who is it? Who is it? And um, and but then when they knew, they were like, yes, yes, this is amazing. Um, somebody who's just coming into this thing blind, they're not gonna have that reaction at all. They're not gonna. Well, who's the guy with the red eyes and the cowboy well, that's, hat? That, that was Britney's reaction, and again, she yeah. she still she understands obviously. I mean, right? How the, the, how uh, okay? He's working for those guys over here. Yeah, but it doesn't hit on the emotional level of. Yeah, you know, exactly. And and so, ladies and gentlemen, prepare to lose your your mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, and and so like, that's a. I don't know if it's a problem 
per se for Star Wars, but it's definitely an a, a unique challenge that they have. Like if you compare this to like Endgame for the Avengers, it's like the end of Endgame. Everybody shows up, but you already know who those characters are. Right. I mean, you know them. If you haven't watched any other Marvel movies, that that moment does not hit like. If Endgame was it the first one you yeah. watch, it does not hit the way it hits after I spend a whole summer watching all these movies. Then I see that, you know, I right. can't imagine going through it for 10 years, you know, or whatever it was. Um, and and so, like, the difference, I think, is, like, the barrier is smaller. It's like you're talking about the, well, watch the Avengers movies, which, again, is still an ask. Um but then you watch the Avengers movies and you're like, okay, I'm good to go. And then you watch the movie and it's like, oh, wow, this is amazing. It's like with Star Wars, there's no real clear direction that people should but you know take. But yeah, you're you right. Know, like, you're... Oh, you got to watch the animated stuff. No, you don't got to watch the animated stuff. And it's like you get these different versions of, of viewing guides from all these different people and you're like well i guess i'll watch the movies and but on a very and you watch this moment and it's like on a very ah. rude, on a very rudimentary level though um you're right I, I think we are all in agreement that the execution of what they're doing is not not well planned right. not well thought of. but what's very cool here is that and what they are doing and i wonder if this is if these you know the mandalorian and the book of boba fett maybe have had a utilitarian purpose of bringing all of the eras of star wars into the same room because in this episode we've had character from the original trilogy we had characters from the prequels we had characters you know new characters that we just learned post you know um, original trilogy you could also say that Luke is a sequel trilogy you know but it, it's like if you would have thrown Maz Kanata in there then you would have had you would have had it you know where it's like all eras are but since Luke is in that one I'll, I'll give it but he had all eras of Star Wars in the same room and before it was always this is a prequel show this is an original trilogy show this is a sequel trilogy show um, so Again, I think, and then, then of course, you got the books because Cobb Vanth was in the books, you know. So yeah. you are seeing it's like Dave Filoni is and John Favreau are saying, and that's the funny thing is everybody goes to Filoni first. John Favreau is the one who's producing this and like heading this up. I'm Filoni is obviously huge, but what they're doing is saying everybody, all of this is one big Star Wars story. Right. all these characters and that and we're finally seeing that you know and and so it's it's getting every it's getting everybody on the same in the, like i said in the same room it's like okay if you were a prequels guy guess what you know you're probably going to see cad bane squaring off against luke skywalker at some point that could very well happen you know what i mean don't see why not you know it's like you could have it, there's you know so there's or here, we're going to put Luke Skywalker and Ahsoka Tano in talking to each other, you know? Um, so it brings the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, people who have been at each other's throats for 20 years, you know, to enjoy the same thing. Maybe that's what yeah, they're trying to do with this, with these series. 
they're doing a well, poor made... job of it, but I mean, well, and that's and that there really lies the question of if you only have so many episodes, are you stuffing them full of, you know, too much stuff, you know, versus, you know, like we were talking about how the book of Boba Fett, some longer about Boba Fett, would have been better just called something like the Mandalorians or something, or I don't know, I don't know. We're gonna get an Ahsoka show. Do you think we'll see Cat Bane in Ahsoka's show? Because they got history. I'm wondering if we're going to see Boba Fett anytime, like anymore after this. Because again, we got one episode. Neither if if he's alive at the end of this next episode, then yeah, we're probably going to see him again. Because his his mm-hmm. story has not been paid off. No, and not I, really. And I don't know how I don't know how they do that in the next episode. I think there almost has to be either he's going to have another series or he's going to be in the Mandalorian season three. Well, and the question, the other question that I mean, I've seen some people kind of theorize it's the idea of when the armor in the previous chapter mentioned the idea of the mythosaur and proclaiming Mandalore. Naturally, everybody's thought went to Din, but what if it's Boba Fett? You know, what if it's Boba's goal to eventually become? the leader of the Mandalorians, not Din Djarin. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of storytelling potential there. I, Aaron, you've said that you, you would expect Omega to show up. Yeah, that, uh, it, I I still bet, because the way this has all been going, I bet I bet that could happen in the last episode. You've, all, you've also said Kira. Um, yeah. And I feel like Kira would be the, the more likely of the two. Yeah. Um, but at this point, we're getting a lot of Pike action. Where, you know, it's uh, Kate and I were talking. I was like, we're gonna go, we're gonna go back and rewatch Solo, I think, and and uh, because uh, it, it just it just kind of feels really relevant right now to this particular story, and which is funny because you haven't seen any of those characters. You were talking about uniting all of Star Wars um, right now under one umbrella, and not like that might be. That might be a way to do it too, is to to bring in uh, some of these uh, uh, tie, these these figures from Solo like Kira. But uh, um, well, that's what I that's the interesting thing that I find out. No, when anybody ever, the only thing you keep hearing reference, nobody ever says really Pikes. What they say is the Syndicate, mm-hmm. and there are several Syndicates. That's why I'm thinking the syndicate that we're talking about is Crimson Dawn. And the Pikes are working for Crimson Dawn. You know, um, I just find it very interesting that they have said the syndicate. They haven't said the Pikes run this, you know, this area. Right. So Mm -hmm. I I, I think you're right. Now, okay, so how about this? What if Kira's right-hand person is Omega? (laughs) <laughs> i you know gosh omega's so hopelessly optimistic Again, just, the way this whole thing is going that you cannot yeah. you cannot throw you cannot cast that aside any everything yeah. everything's in fair play um like i said i this episode i think we need to wrap it up because your alarm went off and we've been ramp we could ramble forever um at the end of the day it was like i'm of two hats it's like the the right brain and the left brain you know the the emotional side of me was like on cloud nine for all the things i saw i saw r2 i saw grogu running around with luke 
I saw Yoda's lightsaber. I saw Ahsoka talking to Luke. I saw, you know, all these things just made me go. And we saw Cad Bane. I was just like, I was like, giddy. The analytical side of me is like, this is the most poorly planned storyline from episode one through episode six that I have seen in Star Wars. And that's saying something because I think it rivals, I think it's getting lost in itself. And, you know, we, we criticize the rise of Skywalker. You know, there's, it seems to be a little bit more of a direct line through the sequel trilogy than, than this right now. And that might be a little bit hyperbole, but like I said, the analytical side of me is like, this is a mess. Emotional side of me, I'm like, 10 out of eight stars, you know? So I don't know. What yeah, do you guys no, think? It's, it's, it's an interesting exercise because on the one hand, it is giving the fans exactly what they want. You asked for Cad Bane. Here's Cad Bane. You asked for more Luke. Not only did we give you more Luke, we gave you better Luke with Grogu. We gave you master Luke teaching. We gave you more Ahsoka. You got a little bit more R2. You got to see a bit of connections to the sequel trilogy. You got to see more Din Djarin. Again, you got to see Cobb Vance. So we're giving you all this kind of cool stuff that you were happy and enjoyed and loved. But then, like I said, that's the left twig side. The right twig side goes, none of this. Again, although this could have been surmised with a few lines of dialogue between Din and Boba before they have to take care of what they got to take care of. And again, given the breadth of what we expect is meant to come, they once again put themselves in a position where the final episode's almost got to go a breakneck speed to resolve everything if we think it's the final episode and not final episode of season one. I don't, I don't worry a lot about that. And it, it probably will happen. I mean, it probably will that we'll get a you know, really jam-packed episode that's flying from place to place and trying to resolve everything. And it's, we're like, oh gosh, you know, well, you had an entire series to fit all this stuff in and you didn't do it. Well, I think you dropped the ball a little bit there. But um, I circle back to something that you said, Aaron, which really resonated with me, which is like this, this idea of pulling all these different eras of Star Wars under one umbrella. And they're doing that. And I recently wrote a little uh, piece on Rise of Skywalker. People can check out if they want to. Um, and it was essentially the point of the article was, why do I still enjoy this movie when it's my least favorite Star Wars movie? Um, and really what I s sort of centered the article around was that it gives Star Wars a future. It caters to a younger generation um who's not us um and 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 in doing so it assures itself a future in the process and i feel like that's what star wars has to continue to do um grogu's immensely popular popular with children bring in more grogu go for it do it i you know it's different it's weird i'm all about it because it is different and weird but the kids love it this is going to help you long term bringing in these children yeah. which again is a lot of the point these are stories <laughs> tailored to children when it's when it's working at its best uh it, it works on different levels for adults as well 
and this is why we're sitting here talking about Star Wars once a week as as grown men. Um, but it's it is designed for the children, and that's the whole point. It's like, well, yeah, let's let's do stuff that's, for lack of a better word, cool. Let's do stuff that people, you know, kids are going to gravitate towards and love and appreciate, and so they're going to get like folded into this this universe that we have. And while we're doing that let's you know invite all these other fans into the room with us you know it's like oh you're a prequel fan you know you can come on over you know if oh you're you're clone wars fan we got we got space for you too oh sequel trilogy we got you You come on in um and they're really trying to do that and i really appreciate that um again i understand the criticism this is not what we were sold um but let's see where they end it next week i i'll be really curious all right so i'm i'm going to prognosticate and so we can we can ever this is going to be recorded so we'll see what happens but this is going to we're going to get another season if you will of boba fett it's going to end on a cliffhanger next week here's what's going to happen there's going to be some we're going to be at a stalemate of sorts, guns pointed at everybody. Looks like Boba Fett and Fennec Shand has the upper hand. And out comes Kira. That's where we get the reveal of Kira, you know, running Crimson Dawn. She's going to say, you're going to be wanting to put those guns down because here's what we've got. And they're going to pull the ace out of their back pocket and you're going to see Cad Bane come on with a gun pointed at Omega because Fennec Shand knows Omega Boba Fett obviously does and that's the way it's, he said you're going to want to back down otherwise bad things going to happen to your sister credits <laughs> you're on the record sir there we go we'll see what happens <clears throat> okay. then like 80 Jedis come flying in <laughs> Batman swoops out of nowhere <laughs> And then Thanos appears with his Infinity Gauntlet. This is yeah. yeah. This is when you start mixing the Star Wars and He Man, and this is when you know everything gets. Then <laughs> Skeletor jumps in, uh, so. and now comes Rambo. <laughs> All right. Well, we gotta get the tra- we gotta get the Transformers in here That's somewhere right. too. And the 1970s, like three foot Godzilla that, you know, shoots his hand, you know. So, Mm -hmm. all right. Well, tell us what you're, how you're feeling about uh, the book of Boba Fett and what you thought of these last two episodes. Um, Like I said, talk to us about Star Wars during the day. We love being distracted from work. Um, And maybe next week we'll have a little bit of coaching news to talk about for the New Orleans Saints. We'll see what happens there. Um, Oh, God, yeah, I'm just listening. All. I'm just watching. I was just reading uh, Nick Underhill saying that the Saints are planning on interviewing Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs' offensive coordinator. You know, Kat Terrell oh. said something very interesting. Britt was sharing this with me that said that this is different than in when Sean Payton was hired. Is that all these candidates? It's not like the Saints went to them and said, "We want to interview you." People want this job. This is these are agents of coaches reaching out saying, "Hey, can my guy interview?" Um, so, 
be exciting. Yeah. So, anyway, like I said, maybe we'll have some news next week. A little bit more of a who dat show, but uh, let's see where this last episode lands us. So, until then, we will say who dat. Who dat? Who dat? And everybody have a great week. My monkey.